Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 290 of the Wayne's Comics podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I talk with Troy Vivasis, who has created a really horrible, in the good sense, comic called Mr. Crypt. And it comes out from Alterna Comics. The first issue is not far away, which is why we're talking, so that you can put your order in for it. We talk about who the character is, what kind of book this is, and what audience it will work best with. As always, a good horror book can lend itself to some comedy sometimes. And that's kind of what this book is about. We talk about what is in the comic, when you can expect to see it, and how this would be a perfect Halloween comic. So when it's out, you might collect them and give them to somebody for Halloween or a holiday gift. We talk about how we got the book together and what the future of this character and this comic is. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. One word of warning, I had to talk to Troy over the phone, so sometimes it's a little scratchier than Skype, but I recommend that you turn it up a little louder and I'm sure you'll hear everything he says. There's a lot to get to, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome to the podcast Troy Vivasis, creator of many interesting and, and horrific things, uh, including an all-ages book called Mr. Crypt. How are you doing today, Troy? Good, how are you? It's good to talk with you. I got a chance to find this out on Comixology, and I saw some previews. Fill us in on what's going on, how Mr. Crypt is going, because I saw there's several issues out there, but the first one's coming out on Diamond. How's this all working? Well, Mr. Crypt uh, is published by Altana Comics, mm-hmm. and it came out 
the, it's a three-issue miniseries, and it, it came out uh, digitally on Comixology late last year and early this year. And uh, starting in September, the miniseries will be in print, and it's in the uh, Diamond Previews catalog right now. And what day is it coming out? Is it September 20th? Uh, yes, September now, 20th. Now, I always like to give this stuff up right away if, as to get, make sure you get it on that date. When do you have to get it into Diamond by? Because it's this month, right? Yeah, I believe it's the 18th. Okay, so, boy, we're going to be cutting it close uh, when, the, when this podcast airs. But the thing to do is get a hold of your store and let them know you want Mr. Crypt from Alterna. Now, is this... i got to ask something, too, because I've been reading about an Alterna and newsprint. Is this going to be on newsprint? Yes, this is the newsprint, uh, in the newsprint line. Mm, okay. So it'll be interesting. Is it going to be monthly? Because you, apparently you've got all three issues done. They can basically put it out whenever they want. This will be September 20. Is the next one going to be, like, October 20? Um, no, it's, um, I think it's going to be every other month right now. Okay. Cause the, three the reason I was thinking October 20 would be an ideal time because Halloween's right around that time. Yeah. And it would be great to have an all ages book about a, uh, Mr. Crypt, of course, is a skeleton as we come to find out pretty quickly. And it would be great to have that coming out around Halloween, but uh, mm. so they're going to print. Okay. Number two. So that'll be December. Well, it's in uh, November. I, I think it's November. November, okay. So that'll be good. But anyway, that's right around the Christmas time, so that's a good time to, to put a book out. Are they going to collect it when the third one comes out? I guess if that's November, it'll be January. Are you going to put a, a trade out when they get done with that? Um, I'm not sure about that right okay. now. I, uh, it's kind of just uh, one thing at a time. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that's the way to do things these days. Is to yeah. don't you want to think too far ahead as far as those things go? Now, it, well, of course, now I want, I want to know is if the, if the trade comes out, that's going to be on newsprint as well. Now, the one thing that's nice about Comixology, of course, the, as great as it is and as uh, inexpensive as newsprint can be, it's awfully nice to see the bright color on Comixology. I downloaded the the collected version, which is why I'm asking about a collected version, on Comixology and got to read through the, the three issues, which I really liked. And I'm kind of curious about all that. I'm going to see how this all works out. So I guess, you know, if you want to, if you're a book person, there's a lot of people who are still committed to paper as far as comics. Like the thing to do is get the paper version. If you're not so committed to paper, if you'd like to see a different version of it that has a little brighter, deeper color, go to Comixology and look up Mr. Crypt. So that seems to be the way to do it. Now, let's talk about the the series. All ages, kind of a horror book. Uh, what was the inspiration to do an all? Because you've done other books, and we'll get into those shortly. And most of those are not all ages. What was it about yeah. an all ages book that appealed to you? Um, well, I, I thought I'd try something different, and you know, uh, Mister Crypt actually started out as just kind of a a side project for a while and I worked on it for about two years before I even showed it to publishers mm. and it was just something uh, that I kind of worked on on the side and it ended up being my favorite uh, project so far mm. cool well let me read the summary of it that's out on Comixology and I think people get a, a fair idea as to what it's about Mr. Crypt is an all ages adventure that follows a lonely skeleton 
His suit and fake mustache are the only things that keep angry villagers from chasing him around town, although that doesn't always help. Joined by a pet rat that he discovers in an abandoned shack, Mr. Crip does his best to be kind and optimistic in a town that fears and hates him. So uh, it, it has kind of a Casper the Friendly ghost feel to it, to me. I don't know if have you ever yeah. s- seen that. I, I, I've, uh, I remember seeing some of it when I was little. Because he was, uh, the people were scared of him because he was a ghost, and yet he was, you know, supposedly one of the, the kinder creatures around and things like that. And this, the, the you you have a skeleton, so your use of visuals on his face and expressions is a little limited. Do you want to talk about that? I mean, was that did you kind of like doing that? Did what, did it help you, you know, tell the story a little more by having something that's a little more narrow and function? So you had to really work on the expressions. Well, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm actually not the uh, artist, uh, oh. Alexander. Uh, Jovic is the uh, artist, right. but I'm yeah, I'm I'm the uh, creator and, and writer of it. But uh, yeah, I don't draw. So okay. Um, but but uh, yeah, he he did really um, put a lot of expressions into the skeleton's face, even though he is just the skeleton. So. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about the humor then, because there's a lot of humor in this book. About it, it seems like every time he thinks he's not going to be discovered, he gets discovered. You know, because he finds in his travels, he finds a top hat and a coat that he puts on and a fake mustache. And just like Superman with his glasses, when and he Mr. Crip yeah. put those on, he basically nobody can tell who he is. But the moment he takes them off, people go, Ah, it's the it's the skeleton that's running around town. So it's yeah. kind of, it's a cute thing. Now you've also got three. Um, oh, issue one, issue two, and issue three. Issue one kind of sets things up. Issue two is called Mr. Crypt and the Vampire Menace. And then the final one is called Mr. Crypt's Vacation, which is a totally different setting. So I, I'm just kind of fascinated by the, the use of the different settings and the way you set it up. Was it uh, because you like horror? And, I've, and like I said, we'll get to other stuff very shortly, but... I like the fact that you've got all these different things and you've got what what should be an unsympathetic character and you make him actually sort of funny and make him kind of, you, you feel for him and his rat. Was that your, your goal? Did you want to make sure that Mr. Crip was somebody that people could relate to? Yeah, I, you know, I wanted, uh, I mean, the the underlying message of the, the series is, you know, it, and some people have, interpret it that way too it's kind of a anti-boring message and things like that and uh you know he he just at the end of the day just wants to fit in mm-hmm. and that's why he uh wears the disguise mm-hmm. part of the humor is that as he goes along he kind of stumbles into the things that can help resolve the situation going on he's like the luckiest skeleton that you've ever read you know, he happens to get things. His his rat provides sometimes things that he needs. Yep. And as he goes along, the rat, it, it, it's almost like Wallace and Grummet along those lines. That uh, <laughs> Grummet is is the smart one who doesn't say very much. And it's the same thing with, with uh, what does he call the rat again? Uh, Baron Rat. Baron Rat, that's right. Baron Rat comes up with all this stuff that, and he's, usually when the rat gives him something, which is what he needs, he has no idea what it is, but he, he takes it. 
And then later on, when the situation arrives, he actually employs it and is surprised when things work, which is part of the humor of the character, which I really liked. He's not a, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not a, a nasty or mean skeleton, although we find out that there are such things in the Mr. Crypt universe as he comes across one. He actually comes across several skeletons in his adventures, which is kind of fun. I guess the, the contrast between him and the well, our regular expectation of a skeleton is must have been kind of fun for you to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I wanted to have kind of a a comedy feel to to Mr. Crypt, and and yeah, there is that contrast between the the evil skeleton and issue two, mm-hmm. and uh, and and the ironic part about uh, that chapter is that he gets away from the evil skeleton by taking off his disguise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the third book, of course, he comes across what they what they consider to be a gold skeleton, and he discovers that it's not necessarily gold, but there's a way that he can alter his appearance. So he kind of looks like the the gold skeleton, and he employs that, but doesn't last long enough to help him, unfortunately, completely. Yeah. But it's kind of fun. I mean, you in the beginning, it it's in a typical horror setting. You're in a small town with people who. You know, always wonder where they get these all these uh, uh, fire, fire things that they carry around and all the 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 weapons that they use against things. They're they're always yeah. ready with those. It's like going to a speech and everybody all of a sudden starts throwing tomatoes and vegetables. Yeah. You know, why, why do they bring all these vegetables to a speech? You know, kind of yeah. a stuff. So it's it, the humor and it is all involved in that. The first book is kind of funny. I've got to talk about the the way that you divide up the stories. This is it's almost like a uh, uh, like a Sunday script uh, strip in the mm-hmm. papers and stuff like that. Did you want to do that this way? Because it, what it does is it does make it sort of more family friendly because we expect humor and it not to be too too nasty of a setup in that kind of in that way. Mm-hmm. Was that what you were after when you did that? Well. Yeah, and, and too, I I always like to uh, split things up into chapters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's just uh, the way I wanted to approach it because it, I thought it was, you know, it's almost like uh, I also think of Mister Crip too. Like he could have been one of those old uh, cartoon characters, like from the thirties and forties. Mm-hmm. So I I want to have it be a bunch of little stories, but they also connect into the overall issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's kind of cute, and, and of course there's like a little logo along the way with him with his, uh, ha- his uh, I always think is that, that's not a, that's one of those uh, formal hats, and also the, uh, the thing. What, what kind of hat is that exactly? I always forget. Um, but, I guess it's kind of like a top hat. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that looks better. So, pretty cool stuff. I like it. And now, I've always got to ask because half the job of getting something like this done is connecting to the artist. And can you talk about, and because we get a lot of people with indie comics who listen to this podcast, do you remember how it is you got together with Alexander, how you brought this to to come to be? Uh, Well, when I uh, first started writing, Mr. Crypt, I had no artist in mind for it, and I wrote, like, the first two chapters or so, and then I didn't really uh, give much thought to it. You know, I just kind of set it aside for a little bit and worked on other projects. Mm-hmm. 
and I put out a, a call for artists mm-hmm. online, and I got a response from Alexander, and th- I was looking for artists for a different project, and I actually never even went through with that one in the long one, but uh, when I saw his artwork, I thought, you know, uh, that he'd be a perfect fit for Mr. Crypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how that started. Okay, so you 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 talked with him, and what? How did you how did you know he was the right one? Did he do samples of it, or was it based on the work he had already done? Um, well, he he just sent like a few sketches, and I think like one page of artwork that he did uh, on other projects, and I knew right away that that was the art style I was looking for. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it has kind of a cartoon feel to it, so it does keep it yeah. lighter as far as that goes. Had he done like cartoon strips or things before? Um, yeah, he he uh, uh, a lot of like caricatures and things like that, and sketches and um, yeah. So when I when I saw his art, he has a great um, color scheme too, because mm-hmm. he's also the colorist of the book. Mm-hmm. Any letters, too. Mm-hmm. Very cool, because I like the way that the colors are. And mm-hmm. Like we talked about, it has more of a family-friendly friendly feel. There's not a lot of shadow. It's mostly no. the way we would... It, we, if everything was well lit, we would see everything this way all the time, which is kind of fun about it. So well, let's talk about the, the... You set up everything in the first issue. Lots of little stories as to how you set things up. Did you want to make things the way that they turned out, or was this something that as you went along you kind of learned? He finds a, a, a vacant shack, basically, and turns it into a house, and in there is where the rat is, and stuff like that. Is is he just kind of a lucky skeleton as far as that goes? Does he just sort of stumble upon great things, or is it just yeah. is there something kind of guiding him as far as things go? Is it just kind of he's lucky? No, he, he's just kind of a lucky skeleton. Mm-hmm. He's not the smartest skeleton in the world, I notice. I get a, a kick out of it. He basically kind of stands there and people say things to him and he goes, oh, well, okay, I guess I better go along with that kind of thing. I, I get a huge kick out of him because you kind of expect that, you know, a lot of supernatural things are much more crafty and devious about these things. But he's not. You know, No, he, he's kind of, he kind of has an innocence to him. And he... Uh, he doesn't know who he was in life, so, you know, he doesn't really remember much. Mm-hmm. So to ask kind of naive. It, are you going to reveal his origins at some point, or is this kind of... You've got three issues out in this collected thing, and also you're going to put them out in paper version. Is that kind of all you have, or do you have more in mind for Mr. Crypt? Um, well, at this point, uh, no, but, I mean, that could always change. In the future. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of an entertaining character, you know. He's, you know, nobody wants to be a skeleton, but he is. And so what he, what he does is he ends up trying to make the best out of it, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. And it's a very it, it it's it's kind of rise the sense of humor about it. It's he comes into a, a guy and he for some reason maybe he's been watching television. He de- declares he's a vampire hunter in one place. 
mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because then all of a sudden you realize, holy smoke, what did I just do? You know, I, I don't know how to catch yeah. vampires. I, so I got a huge kick, kick out of that. And he comes across what's called the hunter. Do you want to talk about that character? So, yes, the uh, vampire hunter character, he he was kind of, um, you know, inspired by like old actors like Basil Rathbone and mm. uh, Vincent Price. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's got a real mustache, unlike the skeleton. Yeah, that's true. And he's got like a, a one of those little single glasses. Uh, it's only got the one lens in it, and, you know, it's in his eye. Like, yeah, he's got that good stuff. And it's kind of funny how <laughs> he's the professional guy, basically, in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, Mr. Crypt is the one who on many levels resolves the situation, which is kind of funny. I have to say, I was entertained by the fact that at one point, uh, the, the, the Basil Rathbone character is running through the street, and Mr. Skeleton comes across him, and, you know, he's like, he's not scared, you know, yet he probably doesn't have any reason to be scared, because, you know, he's not necessarily alive in the purest sense of the word. But he was, he's the one that resolves the situation. I thought that's part of the humor of the book. I think it's kind of, it's very funny. How mostly how he interacts with people who don't see him as a menace mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. It's, there's this guy. There's the he finds work in the library of all places, and the librarian. I don't know if she's nearsighted or what. She doesn't. She can't tell that he's really a skeleton or not. And they he comes across other people. He's walking along the street, and some guy says, "Man, you're pretty good looking for a skeleton." Kind of a setup. And so it's funny to see how he interacts with humans. Is that kind of, is that the parable of it? I mean, when we look at things and people who we don't necessarily understand, if we could understand what they're feeling, maybe they would be much more uh, relatable than we think they would be. Yeah, that I mean, that's what I was going for with the, the whole story, where it was, you know, to, to have the comedy and to have the... You know the the kind of lighthearted horror setting, but underneath all that, have a you know a more of a message of understanding and things like that. He's walking through the street, and I, I came across the thing. And then one guy says hi, and he responds hello. And, and the guy says, "I've never seen a talking skeleton before." And then the guy walks off, saying, "At least we don't have vampires running around town." <laughs> and I and you know the funny part is, you know, it's. <laughs> on some levels, though, he is, you know, the vampires are considered bad, but he is not because basically he's standing there dressed, and so he's sort of civilized in that way. I got a mm-hmm. kick out of that because the guy is basically, uh, you know, an average-looking guy, but that leads me to a question, though. From the very beginning, it says that this is set in 1932. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask you, why 1932? Why did you choose that year? Uh, well, because like all the, I wanted it to, to have a similar feel to like the classic uh, Universal horror movies mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that were made in the 30s. So that's that's why I picked 1932. See, what's baffling though is the guy that's walking through the street. He's kind of wearing clothes like we would today. He doesn't necessarily look like a 1932 guy got glasses that look sort of modern stuff was that kind of to say that if we today would look at thing, these things like that it would be more we'd understand better um 
Yeah, I guess so. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay, because it's uh, uh, I got a huge kick when I'm, I'm looking. I'm going like, he looks like he's from today. I wonder what the the point of that is. And I guess what you're saying is people of all ages, because everybody else looks like they're 1932 people. <laughs> but that guy walking through the street, I don't. Was that you? Who was that? Yeah. Uh, well, I wondered yeah, about that. Actually, yeah, it's actually supposed to be me. <laughs> oh, I wondered about that, because I couldn't figure why he looked so much different from everybody else. And yeah. it turned out to be that. Okay, that's the case. Alright, I wondered about that. When I saw that, I kept thinking, who is that guy? And of course, you never identify him by name or anything like that. So no. I do want to get on to the third book and talk about, because this is, you know, he's in sort of the town, the first two books. The third book, he goes someplace that I never expected. He goes to an, a tropical island. You know, which is way different from the other areas. So I got a big kick out of that, that he's, you know, all of a sudden now he is in on an island. And, of course, you know, being a skeleton, these things don't bother him. But you introduce a guy on the ship, and I get a, a, a kick out of this fella. What's the name of the guy that runs the ship? I love that name. Bartholomew uh, Candlewax. Yeah. Now, see, I, I, as he does, uh, Mr. Crip wonders about that name, and I had the same situation. I went, "What? What kind of a name is that? Was that to have fun with the with with people's names and and you know? Because let's face it, Mr. Crip is not like Mr. Smith or anything like that. Right. Yeah, it was all just part of the joke, mm -hmm. you know. And and then you know he's questioning his name, uh, Bartholomew's name, when. Mr. Crypt isn't exactly, you know, the the most uh, normal name out there. Right. right. And they do all kinds of uh, wonderful things on the island, which is kind of funny. One of the things that happens, and again, this is a uh, uh, Wallace and Gromit kind of setup. He's there, and every once in a while, he wonders what the rat is doing back in the, hot, in the, the shack. And we cut to those kinds of things. And let's just say the rat is not having a terrible time while Mr. Crypt is gone. He's actually enjoying himself, and, and you know, that, I don't want to spoil the end, but when he gets back to the end, <laughs> let's just say that he doesn't find the house in the same state that he left it. So that was part of the entertaining part about all that. So it, it's a very, very funny, sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing about a lot of the things, but sometimes it's laugh-out-loud funny. So I, I like Mr. Krypton that way because it's it's such a entertaining thing. It's I, I just keep thinking Halloween would be the ideal time to get this out. If people could, maybe not this year, but next year, if you could make this available so fan, you could give it out to kids and they could take it home to their house there and maybe read some of these for Halloween, I think it would just be ideal for that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Because... I'd like to see that happen. You know, free comic book day. Now they're they're doing out free comic books on Halloween as well. So maybe next something to think about for next year anyway. So right now, where Mr. Crypt is, the first issue was coming out through Diamond on September twenty. So and they said two months later it'll be issue two and then probably two months later it'll be issue three. Yeah, I think so. The the release dates haven't been uh, announced yet, so okay. we'll We'll see. And newsprint. It'll be on the newsprint, which, you know, I still, I wrote a column about it at Majorspoilers.com because I think that a lot of people may not know that newsprint is the way comics used to be. If you're kind of new to comics, like within the last 10, 20 years, you've never seen newsprint except for maybe DC did a Wednesday comics thing. 
that mm-hmm. was the newsprint. So it's kind of a neat idea. I think it'll cut down on the cost. And, you know, the, the comics were originally thought to be disposable, you know, that you read it and then you threw it out. So I don't know if that's going to have that same idea. I mean, with Alterna doing it, I think it's kind of a great way to, to get back to the fun part of comics. I mean, what was your feeling about that? When you found out it was going to come out on newsprint, what was your reaction? Well, I just thought that's really kind of, kind of cool and, and unique, really. I mean, I I remember reading some newsprint comics when I was uh, little in, in the late 90s. Because mm-hmm. they still had... I remember they had, like, uh, these the Batman animated adventures based on the, the TV show. Right. And those were in newsprint in the late 90s. And it's just, it just kind of cool to, to see that it's going to be in that format. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of fun. I really like it. It, it does add a, a sense of lightness to it, to be able to read it that way. So I think that's pretty cool. Now, why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about your other projects? You were saying you just had one that completed on Kickstarter. Do you want to talk about that book a little bit? Um, uh, that book is called uh, The Diamond Store, and that's published by uh, Tenacious Comics. And they put a Kickstarter up for it about two months ago, and that uh, just ended about a month ago. And uh, that'll be out sometime in the near future. And that's going to be an ongoing uh, series. Mm. And it's a uh, fantasy, an all-ages fantasy adventure series. Mm. I noticed on the, there's a, now maybe we should also tell you, you've got a, uh, website. It's at troyscomics.blogspot.com. So troyscomics.blogspot.com. If you want to be able to see it, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated too because this uh, again is an all ages fantasy. Do you like all ages kinds of things? Because I haven't seen all the books you've done, and I'm just kind of curious that all ages seems to be something you enjoy doing. Um, well, that's that's kind of what I'm uh, working on. Right now, I've had a another one too recently that was all ages. Uh, Frederick DeFosnum, published by uh, WP Comics, and uh, and I still work in you know other genres too, and uh, anthologies and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I I try not to just stick to one genre, but I I like to kind of move around to different genres and styles and whatever I feel like writing at the time. Now, the Diamond Star Kickstarter was successful, right? Yes. Okay. So that's going to help. Now, you talk about this being an ongoing. How many issues of the Diamond Star have you guys got put together so far? Um, well, I've uh, written the fir- uh, I have the first three completely uh, done, and the uh, first two are done being drawn, but from the writing standpoint, I have the first three done. Okay, now who's drawing the Diamond Star? Um, Alyssa uh, Van Holland. Okay. And uh, she's uh, drawn the, uh, well, she's the writer and the artist of a different series, of her own series, mm-hmm. um, called uh, Moonlight Dawn. Oh! Uh, yeah, I've interviewed her on this podcast. Yeah, okay. she does some nice stuff. 
some really, really good... Her artwork is great, but she's also more of a storyteller than an artist, which I think is pretty cool. So that's, that's great. How did you how did you find her and, and hook up with her in order to be able to do the book? Well, I saw her, her art for Moonlight Dawn uh, published by Insane Comics, <laughs> and I uh, just uh, sent a, a message on Facebook, and we started talking about this series because I, again, had it written, but I didn't know who was going to draw it. So I always kind of start my projects out that way, I kind of, you know, write them, and then I figure out who's going to draw it later. Oh, cool. That's cool. Now, I, I, just to cover the bases here, at your troycomics.blogspot.com, you've got, I'm going to talk about the books that you list there. There's you, the writer for Vincent Price Presents In the Shadows, number one, published by Storm Comics. Mm-hmm. And you talk about uh, the Woman in the Woods horror mini comic published by WP Comics. Mm-hmm. And let's see, you've also been included. You talk about anthologies. We've talked about some of the things you've, talk, you've mentioned already, uh, like Hollow Scream number seven and number eight, Santa's favorite tales. Given a horror guy, that must have been an interesting story. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. That actually um, is a interesting one because I already had a short story that was Christmas themed already done, mm. and that anthology uh, was announced, and I submitted the comic to that one. So I already had something ready for that one. Mm. Was, it, was Christmas easy to write for you if you're kind of into horror, because it's kind of a. Uh, Christmas is one of those times of the year when we get into mythological stuff. Did that work for you? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I like to explore different genres, and that it was a you know fun genre to work with, especially since I mean I grew up with all the Christmas specials, all the old Rankin Bass mm-hmm. uh, stop motion movies, and The Grinch, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. No. I'm, I want to get back and talk about so people can know. If people want to get a hold of the Diamond Star, how do they do it? Um, well, they can. Uh, they'll be listed. I think it's actually available for pre-order uh, in print on the uh, Tenacious Comics website, and it it is available now uh, digitally through uh, the Tenacious Comics website. Okay, is that going to be a Comicsology too? Um, I'm not sure right now. Okay, because um, comicsology is sometimes a big help if people can... Mm-hmm. Like, if I've got extra money and I, I want to go look for something, I'll go out and, and see what's available that week. And I find some interesting stuff, so... Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Now, the Vincent Price Presents in the Shadows, is that was that the first of a, uh, like a mini-series or something? How was that? What, what was going on with that? And what kind of a story was it? Um, well, that was a... Vincent Price Presents is a uh, long-running uh, comic series by, uh, well, they used to be Blue Water, but then they changed their name to Storm mm-hmm. uh, Comics, and this was the start of a new uh, mini-series, and um, each each issue is written by someone else and drawn by someone else, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote the first issue of In the Shadows, 
and um, it, it's kind of like a Twilight Zone type of thing. So Vincent Price introduces the story, and then he shows up again at the end. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, kind of a horror Twilight Zone type of story, and um, it was a lot of fun to write the the intro and outro, especially because, uh, you know, I got to write Vincent Price dialogues. That was a lot of fun. And I've, I've been a fan of Vincent Price for years, so I went and watched so many of his movies again and uh, watched interviews and all different things so I could get the words, you know, that he would use, get his speech pattern down. Mm. So when someone reads the book, it seems like something he really would have said. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is cool. That, that's a great way to do it, is to make sure you have the dialogue sounding the same. And not everybody can do that. There are a lot of people who cannot master dialogue. I have a friend of mine, whenever he writes, everybody sounds like him. You know, other people, his sister sounds like him, his mother sounds like him, everybody sounds like him. And it's it's always frustrating because, you know, he wrote a story about it was on a starship. It was a Star Trek story. It was like 24 hours on the name of the ship. And I tried to read it, and honestly, it felt like it was going to take 24 hours to read the 24 hours. <laughs> You know, and his again, the dialogue was just hard to get. You had to plow through it, and I, I, you know, I would try for a little bit, and then I'd have to take a break, and I'd go back and try a little bit. And see, the the way that you're doing that is the right way to do it. It's the way to make people sound like they should sound. And again, not not many people can do that very well. So that's great. Now I want to go back to one other book that I think is kind of fun, and for uh, for one reason, this Frederick the Frost gnome, which again it has kind of a an all ages feel to it. The thing that's interesting to me is you also have a a coloring book for it. Yeah, that was actually the uh, the publisher uh, decided they wanted to put out a coloring book too, and that was that was actually really cool to see. Because what the, the neat thing about the coloring book was that it actually has all the dialogue in it still. Mm. So uh, it's basically just the, the comic, but without the color. And um, and the neat thing is the actual book has a few coloring pages in the back of the book, too. Oh. And, um, yeah, the coloring book was, was a, a nice... Uh, Surprise and something that that really complements the the main book, I think. Now it's listed. The artist is Tyrell Deaver. Did he also do the colors, or did he just do the artwork? Uh, he he did the colors also. Okay, very good. So that all kind of both you guys probably were surprised when that came out. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yeah, that that was a that was a neat surprise. The, yeah. the uh, coloring book. Yeah. Now, okay, we got Mr. Crip number one coming in September. What? And we've talked about a bunch of projects you've already done. Do you have things coming that we can talk about? Um, not just the uh, well, the Diamond Store that's an ongoing, mm-hmm. and there'll be some other projects in the future, but nothing I can really talk too much about. Okay. Now, again, the, the, if you want to follow Troy, we've got troycomics.blogspot.com. 
Uh, TroyComics.blogspot.com. Um, are there other places people can keep up with you as far as social media goes? I'm I'm on Facebook and uh, I'm also on Twitter. Okay, and spell Vivasis for people just in case they need to find you. Um, V E V A S I S. Uh huh. Which is good because not everybody can spell names either. Just like some people can't write dialogue, not everybody understands when they, when they hear a, a name how to spell it. So I want them to be able to follow your stuff. So, you know, Troy, you're doing a lot of interesting things. There's lots of really great books coming out from you. And I hope you keep it up because it's all great stuff. I really enjoyed Mr. Crypt. And I'd like to see more of that in the future, really, because I think that's, that's the kind of thing I think that can introduce kids, especially if they're interested in horror or things like that, that might get, especially when they're young, to get them into comics. So I think that's a great idea. I'd like to see more of that. We'll see. Okay. Well, you know, much success as you go, Troy, because I'd like to see more of these things as you do things in the future. Good stuff. Thanks. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News. Interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. And that's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to be back next week when I'll have more interviews and other good things. But until then, keep reading your comics. today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.